Man, honestly, this up north shit is actually kind of teed, though. Yeah. I'm really fucking with northern Kentucky. Like, I don't say northern Kentucky with my dumb ass. Northern <laughs> California, it bro. It feels like it, though. It feels, if you, like, woke up, if someone kidnapped you and you woke up and you had no idea where you were and you didn't, you couldn't see the redwood trees and you just looked at the people and the towns and the environment, you might honestly be like, yo, am I in the south? <laughs> what the fuck? Am I in Appalachia right now? And then you turn a corner and see two dispensers. Not just California. Yep. And then well, you, you see a lumberjack carrying a, a, a twink on one arm and like a, a hippie chick with white girl dreads on the other. You're like, you know yep, where you're at. This is California. Welcome to the Couch Confessions. Well, technically today it's Chair Confessions. I'm up north in uh, Northern California, real close to uh, Eureka and Redway with my homie Karan. He's been out here for a couple months and it's vacation time, you know, it's networking time. So I'm out in California for the next couple of days, like building, building a sense of my future home, you know, and my homeboy is definitely the man to get me situated out here. So I had to come up here, see what life is like, you know, talk to him about everything. It's been a crazy day. I was up here for the last 24 hours. The weather is nice up here. I'm not going to lie. It's been mid 60s. Nigga at home is 30 something degrees. Yeah. It's going to be low of 39 today and probably already had that low high of 63. That's actually fucking decent for right. real. Would you like to tell the people where you're from, Karan? Because you're actually from the same area as us. Yeah, from Dayton, Ohio. Born and raised, Miami Valley Hospital. Um, moved to Kettering uh, when I was eight. Lived there. Came back to Dayton when I was 18, uh, 24. Living out in California now. So, and I wanna I wanna clarify because a lot of people don't know this. Um, we're in real Northern California, like. Humboldt <clears throat> County, Sonoma County, Mendocino County. We up there. We up there. People always talk about Northern California. And they include San Francisco on there. It's three hours away from where Bro, I'm at I've right only, now. I've only been here for a few months, and it's already annoying me. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to come out to California and then get like wrapped up in the identity of the state. You know, yeah. like, oh, I'm so California. I'm so Cal. But like, there are some things that actually are really annoying. Cause like, I was online. And I was looking for uh, cool hikes to go on. Coffee stronger than me. <laughs> My bad. You good? Um, now I was online. I was looking for cool hikes to go on, and it had like a website with like lists of different trails. And it was like, "Yo, here are some great hikes in Northern California." And I'm like, "Word, what's up?" And I start looking at them. I'm like, "These are cool. These are cool. But where are these at? Where are these at?" And they're all like just outside of San Francisco, like like two minutes outside the bay. I'm like, bro, that's not. I'd have to drive five, like four or five hours once we consider city traffic. Like it's nigga, I drove four and a half to get here. Yo. That shit was a journey. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm a house of seven. That's what I'm saying. Now that being said, though, I do like. For me personally, I like being out in the in the wilderness. I like being out in the middle of nowhere. And four or five hours to get to some place as big as San Francisco, or four or five hours to get to um, Portland, Oregon. Um, it might be a little longer, maybe like seven, seven or eight. I don't know, um, but either way, like it's not too bad. You can make that trip in a day, and if you're gonna stay there for a couple days, like it's not not any uh, big deal. And I found the Greyhounds and the 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 buses and all that. Like everything runs real smooth. It's real easy to to get that shit. And because it's just the one highway, the 101 that goes all the way up the coast, transportation's actually pretty pretty easy to manage. Now, in our city, you know they just got rid of the last Greyhound in Dayton, bro. What? Yeah, the one I took to go to D.C., Kentucky, that bitch's gone. They no longer have the Greyhound like in our city. I think the closest one is Cincinnati. That's on a real note, bro. Like, That's crazy. Man, Like the Greyhound to normal people is luxury. Mm-hmm. No, 70 man. bucks will get you across the states. That's what I'm saying. Like, I... Uh, took when I flew in, I went home for Thanksgiving, and I flew back in from Ohio to San Francisco, and I took a Greyhound from San Francisco back up to here, and that shit was phenomenal. I think I spent like thirty six dollars, or some shit like something dumb, like to get up here uh, to uh, from San Francisco to Humboldt. It was crazy, and it was not an unpleasant experience at all. Like the seats are actually kind of comfortable. Yeah, and I know I know it can be. I know if you have like a packed bus, if it's a lot of people going a long ass distance, I could see it not being super fun. But man, I was zooted out of my brain. I stopped by a dispensary first, had a little like five hour energy, but it was THC mm. and uh, a couple pre rolls, and I was it was it was interesting. The last time I was on a Greyhound, bro, it was actually pretty decent. Like I met I met this older lady. She's like in her fifties and like mids, like maybe early sixties now. Huh. She had, like, this old grandma type of eye tour. Mm -hmm. And she had me sit next to her, like, halfway through my motherfucking ride. Because the first dude I sat next to before he got up on his stop apparently was a meth head. <laughs> so, like, I'm talking to this nigga for, like, three hours. First three hours of the ride. 
It's a 12-hour ride. Nigga, I'm just chilling. Having a good time. We're talking about life, work. He's a Hispanic dude. He's like white Hispanic or some shit. Had glasses on. I thought this nigga was, you no, know, not really harmful. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of the niggas that if I see you with glasses, I'm going to think you're somewhat of a decent nigga. Because mm. I never really met a super savage with glasses. Mm. Just as me be. Just as me being me because I just haven't seen one. Mm. So I sat next to dude. We talking it up. And like after we get past like two, three stops, we get right outside of Pittsburgh. You feel me? And he was like, you ever fuck with ice before? Like casual <laughs> as fuck. Like just casual as hell. Hey, bro, you ever fuck with ice before? I'm like, fuck you mean? Matthew's like, yeah, yeah. He was like, it's not really bad in small dosages. So then after that, the next 20 minutes was cut politely explaining to me why meth is not a bad thing in small dosages. <laughs> At that point, I had to go sit by the grandma, bro. I'm like, you know what? When he got off, I'm like, yeah. That was weird. She, and she was hearing it from the other side. She's like, baby, come sit over here. You don't need to be around that. <laughs> I love that when old ladies call you baby in public. Baby, sugar, honey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sweetheart. Oh, my yep. God, bro. And that generation of old women are dying down. I will carry groceries across the street for those ladies. Definitely. Until the last one standing. But I love, I love being... I mean, I love traveling in general for that reason. But I love being out here because this place is so full of travelers that... It's like when you play Grand Theft Auto and you know all the side missions are called like Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Like you meet the, meet the crazy people of California. Dude, that's what's tripping me out because right? I play a lot of GTA. Yeah. Um, the the satire of GTA and like what they're making fun of and the people and the, the trends and the fashion and all that shit, the jokes hit so much harder when you live here, bro. <laughs> You'll be driving around listening to the radio and you're like, oh my God, I'm, you know it's a parody. You know it's actors playing different characters in Grand Theft Auto, but you know the, who the characters are supposed to be, like who they're doing a parody of. <laughs> like you know, Trevor's like one of the default junkies that be around yeah, crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, or you like turn on the news and it's like, it's uh, man, what's that dude's name? It's the famous black dude who does the LA weather uh, I forget but like I'm just saying like you see like nods to stuff in because uh, because Los Los Santos is the state right it's the whole like island I think so and, yeah uh, that whole state is like an amalgam of the whole state of California and you can like drive through the redwood logging area this real like backwoods country you can drive through the desert area and then the coastal big city and it's it really <laughs> it's funny as shit it, it strikes but, some shit but being out here, no, I've met so many crazy people. Uh, funny you mentioned an old lady. Like, I was shopping at a grocery store, and I met this um, old woman who was a grower, and she was talking to me about, like, you know, traditional styles of growing and how they used to do it and how trimming used to be, like, an art form that was really, like, slow methodical, but now everybody's industrializing it. And low-key, a little xenophobic, because <clears throat> she was talking about how the foreigners don't do it right. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know... Right, she, so, she got a she got a way of life and a, and a tradition that's changing and she's old and I understand and, and I, I feel it but then she started talking to me about angels and about how Donald Trump was a sign of the end times and like the golden calf and how like these angels were talking to her about the coming apocalypse and I was like uh-huh you're on meth too <laughs> that's the way I see it fuck that you're tripping shorty I don't know man these new age religions can be just as crazy as some drugs and I think that people really once you get once you get some new age uh, faith like in, in your bones you don't need drugs to get crazy <laughs> you really don't that sounds kind of wild Maybe people like talking about fun. people talking about indigos and star seeds and uh and like angel babies and shit it's like all right well this drug is hitting <laughs> right this is not weed no right. fuck that like in the city bro like you know how Dayton is. Dayton is actually very similar to Hobo County like mm-hmm. that's one thing i can't agree on like the type of people yep the idealism mm-hmm. yeah it's all really just like Dayton like the county is really just Dayton mm-hmm. it is it is it's more natural it's more natural it's wilder it's it's prettier it's coastal um but the culture <clears throat> the community yeah it's very midwest and I was thinking about that because we were talking to uh another co-worker here on the farm about how it attracts a lot of people from the midwest this farm specifically <clears throat> that we're working on and um Humboldt County in general especially um Redway, Garberville, where we're living, and I think it's because a lot of people come out west and they think, "Yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work in weed, I'm gonna get in cannabis, I'm gonna do this, that," and they think, "I'm gonna move to California," and when they think, "I'm gonna move to California and they work don't think in about weed," this. yeah, they think of some dispensary in San Francisco, or they think of some like cool, like <clears throat> industrial grow place outside of Sacramento, but then they get to Humboldt. And they see motherfuckers driving around big rusty pickups with Trump flags and uh, uh, deer carcasses hanging off the 
and they're like, yo, what is this? But people from the Midwest, it's like, oh shit, this is my home. These are my cousins from the other coast. Like, what's up? Bruh, especially when we got uh, locked out my car yesterday, mm-hmm. and the dude who came to unlock my car was originally from Indiana. Yeah. That just solidified, like, Midwesterns. Midwestern people are going to move up here. Yeah. It's a slow process, but I feel like in the next 10 years, it's about to be something big. And time out, where is my weed, bro? I can't find my weed. The bag? Yeah. It's so great. So niggas have been smoking large quantities of weed since he's been out here. Right now, I'm smoking on the strawberry space Gittles. This shit is actually a hybrid. It's kind of fire. But the wedding cake we had yesterday was good, too. That's good as shit. But the gelato that your uh your boss grows mm-hmm. is actually that's the shit that really put me to bed last night yo for real i'm glad that you're here to smoke the gelato because i've been smoking so fucking much of it i can't tell shit about it anymore so I'm, it's just like it's just weed now it's like, <laughs> i can't people are like what does it taste like weed how how's the high feel like weed. High. <laughs> like i don't <laughs> i don't know like at this point i'm here yep so tell the people how you actually got started out on a farm because uh, to be honest, I was lucky as lucky as fuck. A friend of my he a friend of my dad's uh, owns this farm and uh, we were out on vacation and I was coming back uh, coming back from vacation and having no direction in Ohio. I was like, man, I'm gonna have to go back to working at a, a, a temp agency. No clue what I'm gonna do. No idea where my future's going. And my dad was just like, yo, do you want to go work on this farm? And I was like, say less, pack my bags. We got back from vacation, I packed my bags and left the next day. And um, Nigga, you got fucked up at my house before you left. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we literally got home, I packed my bags, went over, got fucked up at your house, went back, fell asleep, woke up, grabbed my bags, and walked out the door. Yeah, dude, you left my house at like 8 o'clock, nigga. You almost passed that on my uh, on my actual patio. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's right, that's right. Wait, was that the... Was that the... That's when everybody was at my house, T, throwing up, and we was playing like that's uh, Uno and shit. And, uh, uh, we drive we drive to uh, Angels, or was that Thanksgiving? That was... No, that was when you first came out here. Yeah, that was Thanksgiving. That's when uh, Aaliyah, Asia, Greg, and like Andre came over to my crib. Gotcha. Oh, yo, I have one of my best memories of like the past couple years from that night. That was like the main reason that I wanted to invite Angel, or not Angel, but uh, invite Asia and Aaliyah out to California with us was because we were driving around drunk as fuck in the car playing um, El Chivo uh, by, what's that one dude's name? Uh, Burner? Yeah. El Chivo by Burner. And so we were all high as fuck, drunk as fuck, like swerving through the city in the car. <laughs> Asia and Aaliyah are singing along, like harmonizing. And I'm just like, yo. This is like some some perks of being a wallflower shit. It's like some coming of age like movie shit. Like there should definitely be, like <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, this is the squad right here. Hey, that's still family regardless though. Yeah, they gonna come out here and see you. I hope so. Everybody come out and see me. Everybody in Dayton, if you hear this, it's an open invitation. Come out to Humboldt County. We'll As you, you see, I'm out here. We'll get you. We'll get you high. The only thing is, man, and I got I can't stress this enough for people who come out here. It's like it's it's not necessarily rough like if you got money if you got connections you can make a a pretty decent like lifestyle out here but for me like i i drove into redway with nothing but a job and twelve dollars in my pocket nigga i'm hip you called me i was shook that's what it was like my 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 car was like i had i was running low on gas i had 12 bucks and i knew where to meet the guy to get the job and that was it and like i've been sleeping on floors i've been sleeping in my car i've been driving around like debt like trying to find jobs uh doing all sorts of crazy shit that like really low-key for me it's just been one big adventure like i've been having fun with it i've been being safe being smart nigga i lived lived in a yurt with you last night this shit is interesting yeah (laughs) i love i love this but um no a a lot of people come out here expecting a whole different vibe and it's like no this is work this is like camping this is like you know it's and once you get the money up out here, you can move, you can transfer, you can mm-hmm. do as you please, bro. Yeah. And, like, that's what people don't get. Like, you got to take that first step to get situated out here. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my friends, when I come out here and within the next couple years, <clears throat> I keep telling people I'm moving to California. I've been meeting people. I've been, you know, making those connections with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I met a dude who invested in runts uh, in an Oakland plant. I met the dude who owns the actual, like, dance studio. You feel me? So, mm-hmm. the networking out here is definitely a thing. It's great. It's all about, you know, taking your best foot forward and not being pussy mm-hmm. and trying something different. 
Like you took the biggest leap out of anybody I know, which was just getting in your car and taking a three day drive out here. High key proud as fuck of that. Like I don't brag about a whole lot to people, but that's gonna be annoying. Like I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be 30 years old and people are gonna be like, we know, we know you drove 2,000 miles on a whim and wound up in California with 12 dollars in your pocket to start a new life. Niggas are gonna know because I'm gonna tell everybody. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, you remember that time? I'm basically the Columbus of my generation. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I was telling tell Chico last night we should totally like reverse Columbus Humboldt County for black people because it's like 98% like okay that's a lot it's like 80% white and then maybe like 12% Latina and Latino and native and then the rest is maybe Asian and like 0.8% black people dude I, I'm the only one with dreads out here that's actually black yeah I saw a black dude I've seen one other black guy with dreads I've seen two other black guys three other black guys in Redway and Garberville but Two of them were homeless. So two non-homeless black guys and two homeless black guys in Redway, Redway and Garberville. And that's it. And I've, I've seen a couple uh, black folks up in Eureka. But that's that's it. That's it, bro. This is really the white man's land. Yeah, like. yeah. I can count on I could count on two hands all the black people that I've like had real interactions with since moving out here. It's depressing. So operation, get the homies out here? Right, yep, yep. Because, I mean, first of all, there's just so much room to do whatever like and this is the this is the thing if you're willing to live like because I mentioned how how you can you can live nice or you can live rough but if you're li- willing to live really rough you can live free as fuck out here like honestly uh, the whole the homeless people who live out in the woods some of them actually live really nice like I've seen some of these homeless camps and they're nice as fuck like it's their homes they put time and effort into it and the cops don't bother them like in California, homelessness is very different from Ohio. Like I was yeah, amazed. Noticed. I was amazed to see these people being so unbothered. Like walk home. You could be homeless sitting in front of a storefront rolling a joint. Like niggas don't even care, bro. Like, for real. Like it's crazy. But um, no, all you got to do is walk. Like sometimes a few <clears throat> feet off the side of the road. Sometimes you'll be hiking in the woods and you'll come across a camp, and that's just how it is. But like. Loki, I've I've been on some uh, into the wild like my side of the mountain type shit where I'm like I'm about to get a tent and wander off into the wilderness and ain't nobody gonna see me again. That's a that's a switch up from our city. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> through and through, I'm a city boy. Yeah, I love going to the corner stores, getting my fontus. Mm-hmm. I love just going to the park, kicking it with the homies. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a big believer in always keeping soul food in the crib my mom is from the south yeah my dad is from kentucky which is damn near mid-south because you know how niggas is in kentucky yeah so i grew up in i grew up with a lifestyle that me i I spoiled myself because once i moved out bro i started to hustle i found different ways you know get my like get my own type of income in Mm -hmm. whether it be working fixing computers yada 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 you know I can't go back to I can't go back to to being like at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So no, when I, I feel you, I feel you. But like weird, you were just talking about Malcolm X, yeah, and um, his his whole philosophy, <clears throat> and that's the thing. It's like it it feels at first like the bottom because the lack of luxury, yeah. but when I, when you understand like like I said, the police don't bother you. You know, you uh, we're living in a culture that is designed from the ground up to be antithetical to our well-being and survival like you you like i read articles about like eating sitting down is bad for your digestion wears out your digestive tract honestly you should eat standing up because it stretches out your digestive system the food flows more naturally Hmm. uh going to the bathroom you're you're supposed to shit you're supposed to squat it's better for you for your uh system and it comes out easier you don't you know not so much pressure i've been uh like all all different science like when you give birth you're supposed to be squatting not laying down Hmm. and from that level of like the mechanics of how we organize our bodies um square buildings like square rooms Hmm. are bad for uh our mental health because the ways that our eyes are set up to perceive depth and space square unnatural spaces give us anxiety we're hmm. supposed to live in rounded environments like this yurt. That's why the yurt is such a nice. Um, it's literally like it has a center point and it mm-hmm. goes out at least from the center to any wall in here about eight feet. So it's eight feet in diameter type shit. Yeah. So it's it, you know and it's equidistant. <clears throat> it's just a nice like uh, round, um, like comfortable environment. I don't it's know, low it's, key it's, like a studio apartment. Yeah. Yeah. But like <clears throat> from from that lowest level, 
of like how we orient our bodies in this society, how we structure the space in this society, and then how we decorate it, what we fill it with, what we feed ourselves with, what we feed our minds, what the culture is, how we police ourselves, how we organize ourselves politically and economically from the ground to the highest level. It's structured in a way that is not set up to make us healthy, uh, successful, um, prosperous people. It's designed to keep us caught in a system. It's like, why is it seven dollars for a salad and you know two dollars for a cheeseburger? You know, <clears throat> that's, and, that's facts. And so when I look at you know living out in in, in nature, living kind of off the grid, living away from society, I do see how it's difficult because you don't benefit from society. But I also see mostly the freedom to structure your own life, to structure your own way of being. The freedom from the negative influences of these these forces that want to corrupt you and, and make you less than what you are. So I'm I'm seeing the freedom and the potential of it. And if we got like 30 black people out here, taught everybody how to grow, taught everybody how to build, taught everybody how to hunt and survive and work together, it would take us a few months and we'd have a structuring a structured society. We we'd be feeding ourselves, living our like it would not be undoable. It'd be difficult. It'd be be difficult. I'm not trying to sell it like a utopia. But it would be doable. But for any utopia, you need to make a great foundation. And those 30 people are the basis of a great foundation. Exactly. Because the, <laughs> the thing with me is, when I come out here, I always had this dream of coming out here with a couple friends. Mm -hmm. You were the first friend that really said, all right, I'm down with it, and took the leap before anybody else. That's, that's mad respect on my end. That's ballsy as fuck. Like, not many people can just up and go like that. And I ain't one of those. I'm definitely one of those people. Mm -hmm. So when I come out here, I want to have at least... Two other people with me. So with me, you, and them, it'd be four total. <clears throat> and start the basis of, you know, our foundation of how our people are going to move out here. Because I want my sister to move out here with me one day. Mm -hmm. My mom is never going to move out here. And I completely understand why. Because my mom is almost 50. She, has, <laughs> she does not have the time to travel and move like that. My mom has a solid job. Yep. She owns a house. She ain't got no reason to move. And the area in which she lives in in Dayton is the only area I would live in if I ever decide to stay there permanently. It's out the way. It's hella old people. Mad reserve. Like, the people who live next to my mom have been living there since her fiancé was a kid. Yeah. Like, it's all old-timey family. Mm -hmm. And I can rock with that. So, with my mom, she doesn't have to move. I'll make that trip back and forth to see her. But my sister, I want her to come, you know, stay out here sooner or later one day. Yeah. If she's not going to be here... She's going to be in Texas, but she has family in Texas as well, so she's going to be cool in Texas. Like, they got land. They got good credit. Her great-grandmother is dope. I love her. That's, like, my additional family. We got different pops, but that is still somebody I can consider, like, solid family. Mm -hmm. And with the people I want to bring out here, they have to be young. They have to be driven. They have to be motivated. Mm -hmm. You feel me? They have to have that drive to, you know, take that, like, take a leap of faith when we're not around. And, you know, like, tell them, you know, we should try to do this. We should try to do that. Like, people who have true individuality yeah that's my angle when i pick some people you know step out here yeah and one of them people i think i want to be my homeboy jj jj is a is an ems mm. so he can get his search transferred and just come get a job out here and just be saving lives and shit like he does now yeah like that is something phenomenal and you can't take a trait like that away from somebody yeah no matter where he goes he will be fully employed and solid and i have nothing but the highest respect for that yeah so that's the first person on my list. And then Rayshawn, who's his roommate and also one of my other homies, he's smart, very well educated. He's a team player, thoroughly a team player. Yeah. And him and JJ are like the dynamic duo in my eyes. Like they always can get something done together. Yeah. So that's a set group of people I'm really thinking thinking about. And then I was thinking about my cousin Sienna coming out here. Not Sienna, uh, Sierra. Sierra, cool as fuck. She's actually college driven. You feel me? She's about to have her degree. Yeah. We need somebody in the team that's that has a degree, and we need more females <laughs> because females, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, can organize and put some shit together better than men some days. And that's a genuine thing. The the thing about uh, the thing about having women in the group too is that, and it's not not exclusive to women because this is a trait that I have really well that I'm really good at. But it's mostly because I was raised with women. Raised, yeah, I was raised by my Same. mom. Um, but it's it's social. Like you get a bunch of guys together, you put them on a team. It's only going to take like a a day or two before there's an argument, before somebody's got to you know puff up their chest, before somebody you know misinterpreted something, and like you know women just I don't know man like the social uh, dynamics they're really good at balancing and, and keeping things smooth and talking shit out between people and, and, Definitely. and being the glue that holds a, a community 
um, and, and, and keeps it strong. And it's, it's really helpful having that uh, emotionally intelligent perspective. Not to say that all women have emotional intelligence or are great team players, but um, in general. In general, there's a lot more females. And I can get that because I've been doing like a lot of research on like stocks and up-and-coming companies. A lot of these female CEOs and CFOs are doing numbers, mm -hmm. generally doing numbers because they don't do the petty squabbles in between. We here to make money, get this money, multiply this money. Yeah, that's all it is. They they keep everything completely separate. They go home and then they let the other shit hit them. They don't bring that shit to the workforce. That's one thing I can say about females who are up and coming in the business industry. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they know how to separate emotion and they money. <laughs> Women know how to separate emotion and anything better than guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, after, like, the first two days of a breakup, a nigga cool, then he started breaking the fuck down. After day six for a female, she's, like, a super savage doing her own thing. She looked better than when he was with her. Every time. Every fucking time. But I want to, but coming back, so we're getting a bunch of people, business-minded, and we're talking about, you know, what what people need to prosper in a new place. And, uh, you know, you know me, I'm... I'm heavy into spirituality and religion specifically um islam and its variants the, the teachings of the nation of islam five percenters the, yeah the teachings of the five percenters the nation of gods and earth and something i took from the nation of islam um they have a, this thing called the 12 jewels and jay-z rapped about it um but the concept is if you have the 12 jewels of life no matter how much money you have you're rich and no matter how much money you have, if you don't have the 12 jewels of life, you're poor. And the 12 jewels, there are four groups of three. You've got knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Uh, freedom, uh, justice, and equality. Food, clothing, and shelter. And then peace, love, and happiness. And my whole concept, economically, and I've told you about my creative ideas, that's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But my whole, con my whole concept economically is the 12 jewels. If I was to, if I was, if someone was to like, yo, we need to put something on paper right now, copyright a name for your company right now, I'd be like Twelve Jewels, working title. It can be changed, but that's what I'm, what I'm thinking of, how I'm, fun how I'm operating, because my goal is to provide the Twelve Jewels of life to our people, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding by educating, by fostering community. Wisdom is shared experience and life experience, and understanding is is the best part. It, it symbolizes children. It symbolizes the future. It symbolizes that forward thinking. So we got the, you know, we got. A, base it in in knowledge and education base it in a, a new a new way of thinking a new mental paradigm freedom justice and equality which we have to provide and build for ourselves because our society doesn't give it to us we're not free to do what we want we don't get justice and we're not equal um so you know we got to do that food clothing and shelter business wise i've told you about the earthships right yeah so uh off-grid eco uh friendly uh constructs these houses that power themselves with solar panels catch all their own rainwater filter the <clears throat> rainwater to grow food like if you have this house your base needs will be met i mean you also need to have like uh you know a farm or some other source of food. you can't grow all your food in this house but yeah but it's a it's a great fucking foundation if you have it for your for your needs for uh food clothing and shelter and then once you have all those things, as a community, we can come together and address address peace, love, and happiness. Because I'm not going to lie and tell you that I have the <laughs> have the answer that I have the key to to peace, love, and happiness. That's a work in progress. That's always going to be one, though. I feel always. But but those twelve jewels, man. Like money is a means to those. Money is an obstacle. Money is important. Money is all these things. But if it's not about those things for me, like the money kind of takes a takes a backseat i'd rather live i'd rather live in the woods in a in a tent and have no money but have food clothing shelter freedom justice equality knowledge wisdom understanding peace love and happiness and all that so that's actually very fucking profound and honestly i'm happy i took the trip out here to come talk to you because there's never a dull conversation with you and i can honestly say that i always say something the way on the learning side and i'm I'm happy that you're able to take some things from me and you're open minded to take some of my philosophies and we're able to bounce shit back. You know what Yo, I mean? For real, honestly, I'm gonna I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna take a minute, give you some props on your podcast, let you know here. Um, because people listen to me speak and they always tell me like, Oh, you know, oh you so I don't wanna sound like arrogant or whatever, but they always like, Oh, you're so interesting, you're so smart, you so this, especially girls. And I'm like, No, listen, you don't understand. I'm a dumbass. I'm a fucking I'm a fucking dumbass and this is why I appreciate you. Because when it comes to 
to money, when it comes to um, spending and saving, when it comes to actually making practical, um, actionable moves, uh, I just, I'm not where you are. Like, I, from the first time we hung out, I went over to your house, and from the outside, I was like, damn, this nigga living in a crack house. Like, what the fuck? And we go inside, <clears throat> and you would fix that bitch up nice. Like, it's it's still a work in progress but i've seen what i've seen what you've done and i was like damn like he did this by himself man i appreciate that a lot and that that alone with just the house because mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie the outside of my house was at one point a <laughs> trap house like um when i was when i was 18 turning 19 i have a friend named sam mm-hmm. sam is my roommate who lives downstairs with the dog that barks but she's a softie mm-hmm. that's a side note though um, he came to me. He was like, "Yo, he's like, I know you're looking for like a spot after you graduate." He was like, "I'm you know working on a fixer upper." And it was originally supposed to be me, him, and another friend of my name, uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Aaron had some stuff going on. He wasn't able, you know, follow through like we all wanted him to. But he still has a nice spot. He's still a homie. You feel me? I love dude to death. I mean, he's always been a friend since like the fourth grade. Like that's that's bro. So after a while, it was just me and Sam and. Over time, just with talking to people, networking, I found people who could do plumbing. I found people who could do like uh, wall, like wall work, like drywall and shit like that, and flooring and shit. And I just utilized all those, made a budget, and then made that leap. And now the cool thing about where I'm staying at, yeah, I'm gonna say it again. It was a trap house. I, it was a trap house. I'm not gonna cap on you niggas. Uh, people were selling meth at that motherfucker before it got floor clothes on. You feel me? Like when I first <laughs> got the motherfucker, like upstairs, because I have like my own living room, my own bedroom. It's kind of like like a duplex. Um, there was like really no drywall, right, bro? Like their kids, like in the back room where my bedroom is now. Like the reason everything is all white, the room used to be blue. These motherfuckers was letting their kids like ham- put hammer holes through the wall and like stab like fucking screwdrivers and shit through. Like chunks of the fucking drywall was missing. Like it it was completely ass when I first moved in, and it just took some patience and took some time. And I was nineteen going on twenty. Before we officially got everything done, it took about seven months to get it to where it is now. And I'm happy for what it is because I saved so much money. Like splitting utilities and property taxes, I spend like 300 bucks a month for real, for real, bro. Like that's it. And then everything else I have is pocketed. Yeah. So when I came out here, I just stacked up some money and I also, you know, fixing a uh, flip computer on the side, took some of that money. And I'm, now I'm out here. You feel me? Like the basis for me just to be out here was about 1100 Yeah. And that's before gas, that's before food, nigga, that's before locking my keys in the car Mm -hmm. like a dumbass because I was high. The weed out here is something nice. I was fried as fuck, and that was the first time since I was like 17 I locked my keys in my car. Mm -hmm. That is phenomenal. That's five years. The weed's so strong out here, it made me (laughs) act like a teenager again. Like... (laughs) Like this shit, this shit out here, and that was that was so baffling to me when that when that happened. I would like you're the last person if you if you were to say, "Yo, your friend is gonna lock their keys in their car, and you're gonna have to sit and wait for somebody to come unlock it." Name the friend. I would not pick Chico off the top of my head, right? I was I was thinking about this actually a couple of days before before you got here, and uh, it's funny that we're having this conversation now because I was thinking about um, uh, like the archetypal male like mask like masculine characteristics like there's a big conversation today about what is masculinity versus what is toxic masculinity and i've been trying to think about what the the positive masculine is and i think that it's something like um men are on a sliding scale of consciousness and competence because the way our brains work The the brain is a filter. We get way more information from our senses than we can possibly uh, process. Mm -hmm. This is true. And it filters out everything that's not essential to our survival. And so when you're in a flow state at work and you're just you're going and working and getting things done and not thinking about it, your brain is filtering out everything except what you are doing, and you are hyper competent. You are so capable of manifesting your will. You become the process of uh of whatever it is that you're engaged with like you aren't you aren't the person doing the thing you are the process itself like that's Mm. how into it you can be when you're hyper competent but then if you do psychedelic drugs or something like that or you meditate it opens that filter in your brain and lets more information in but the downside is you know, you're a space cadet. You're not focused on the present moment. You're not. You're not here, involved in a process. Um, you just high as hell. <laughs> you're you're experiencing um, more. You're thinking more. You're uh, 
engaging in the mental realm. And both of those traits, and I mean, that's those are human traits, obviously, human beings across the board need. But if we're looking at um, just at just men specifically, both of those things are um, incredibly important and to some degree exclusive because you you know you have to be focused to be competent and then you have to be expansive and kind of not in touch with the present to be hyper conscious mm, and sure. and i'm on this on the end where i'm incredibly conscious and competence is something that i'm working on i have to build like discipline i have to meditate i have to to actively try to focus just to be as productive as most people are normally yeah and I'm going around trying to expand people's consciousness and I'm thinking like that's good and that's where I need to be and that's what I need to be doing but I also am now learning to appreciate people's competence more I, I meet people who you know who don't think about right. spirituality who don't think about God and religion who don't think about uh, you know alternate uh, you know mental planes and what happens after we die and things like that or the source of consciousness and it's like those people universally not universally but a lot of times um, who are still successful and interesting people are very competent. They're engineers, they're accountants, they're lawyers, they're um, people who have mastered the process of, of living and existing. And, and I'm, I'm really appreciating that more. So I would say on that, on that spectrum, I'm more on the end of conscious and you're on more on the end of competence. And that balance that we've got when we're working together, I fuck with that. I feel like that at the end of everything that we do is going to be a core because... <clears throat> You need an equal balance of both in life, mm. and same thing with the um, with the two guys that I want to bring out here, JJ and Homie Rayshon. They're they're kind of like split the same way. That's why they work so together. That's why I fuck with them so heavy. And you kind of just describe their relationship with me and you like it's exactly the same. Like Justin is a very deep spiritual person. He believes you know like the multiple dimensions. He's really deep into that. He studies. He reads. He always is into something, researching something. And then you have Rayshawn, who's like more of a man of action in a mm-hmm. sense, like do code. Like when when you need something done, he's the man to get it done. Mm-hmm. Like JJ, I can say this because if people know JJ, JJ he's very blunt. Mm-hmm. A, a couple a couple days ago, about a week and a half ago now, <clears throat> um, his dog Parker got out. Right, only out for like ten minutes. Somebody scooped his dog up within ten minutes while they were looking for the dog. Right, and took it out to motherfucking Vandalia. From Riverside to Vendelia, niggas know that's about a 17-minute drive on highway. 24 niggas can't drive. So, he gets there to try to get his dog. And they want to charge, bruh, almost $170 for his fucking dog. Mm. That's only been up there for 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? JJ gets arrested because he says, I'm not fucking paying you guys. These scared little old white ladies call the cops on Justin, right? Because mm-hmm. they say he's being belligerent and he's acting the ass. Only thing my dude said was, I'm not paying for my fucking dog. He's only been up here for 30 minutes. Let me get my nigga and leave. Mm-hmm. Right? JJ gets a fucking gets arrested, right? And goes to fucking jail. So now JJ's in jail. The first thing Rayshawn does, bangs my bangs my line like, hey, bro, yo, et cetera, et cetera. You know, can I slide through? Come get this money. We'll be able to repay you as soon as we get him out. I'm like, yeah, sure. Bro was at my house in like six minutes to make sure bro got out of jail. Mm-hmm. Like, Rayshawn is a dedicated homeboy. He's a real genuine friend and he has the ability to get shit done yeah. off top. Like he's on my side of the spectrum and I definitely can respect that. <clears throat> but you also need somebody who's a little bit more open minded, mm-hmm. very conscious of who they are, what they see in their future. And that's where you and JJ come in. Like as a team effort, it's solid. Well, and I, the reason I was thinking about it with regards to like to masculinity in general is because I've been thinking about how what we are as a species now is completely determined by what women have found attractive for the last several million years Hmm. because we're the only species that selects its mates among primates like chimpanzees when when female chimps go into heat they'll sleep with any chimp and what happens is the big strong chimps chase all the weak little chimps away so that when the females go into heat they're the only ones around but otherwise, ch- female chimps don't choose. And so that's why chimps evolve the way they do, because the big, strong ones pass on their genes. Mm-hmm. Now, we evolved the way we did because women selected their mates. 
And if we look at the culture, we've gotten to a point where we are so technologically advanced, we can go to space, we can destroy all life on Earth, we can make life on a dead planet, we can do whatever we want, we can make life out of robots. We like, we're basically at a point where we have the technological capacity to be God. We are a hyper competent civilization because that's what women have found attractive. If you go back to the beginning of time, the man who got laid was the hunter, was the chief, was the warrior, was the was the farmer, was the competent person who could feed and provide shelter. And if who was the hyper conscious person in the in the society it would have been the shaman or the witch doctor or the medicine man. Mm. And you know, I'm sure he was getting some, but <clears throat> you know, historically spiritual people don't get married and they don't have kids like if you look at priesthoods clergies monks like all these people who devote themselves to spirituality don't raise children because hyperconscious people aren't the best at putting food on a table and providing shelter for people and for the majority of human history we've needed food and shelter and technology to increase and competence to increase and that's what's been attractive and that's what we've been selecting for mm. and that's what's created the society we have today where we're hyper competent and we value uh men who make ridiculous amounts of money men who are great athletes because the athlete is the new warrior or um uh, you know all these different things and we don't have any consciousness so i think if you know as women are trying to bring about this change in society where masculinity is more balanced and healthy where uh men are trying to create a society um that's more balanced and healthy that's i think consciousness needs to make a a, a comeback I think that's what they're they're kind of they're kind of aiming for, but speaking as a conscious person, I'd say we can't we can't lose the competence in this conversation about toxic masculinity. Um, a lot of things are being thrown out as like you know that's oppressive, that's toxic, that's misogynist, that's this, and some of it's like no, nah, that's just the masculine expression of competence in a way that makes people uncomfortable sometimes, you know. And that's what I was thinking about initially that got Can me you thinking say about that, that part again for the people who don't understand how people live in other forms of the world. Like, because what you just described is pretty much how other religions and other societies with men kind of like have been going about it to this day. And in, in, in America, it's deemed, like you said, untoxic, you know, like manipulative, like some sociopath shit. You mm. know what I mean? Well, like. There are definitely elements of masculine culture that verge on the sociopathic um, because you get empathy and compassion with consciousness and when um, you become hyper uh, fixated on, um, on doing and, and being and manifesting, you stop thinking about other people except as means to accomplish your end and um, so that's something that we as men have to be vigilant about and and try to maintain that that level of compassion and respect for other people regardless of how they contribute to to our goals mm. but that being said um, like there's this uh, cultural notion going around that competition is bad like we don't keep score at kids sports games um we discourage uh boys from you know sports are okay sports are acceptable uh a lot of kids get into martial arts um but in general violence aggression um being these real masculine displays like you'd be watching i was watching football right uh who was that one guy was it marshawn lynch who does had the really like he he had the and got to the the touchdown did the dance and it was real aggressive and like he was yelling at the camera and everybody was like that's so unprofessional that's so yeah this and that and they were giving him so much shit it was a couple years ago yeah it was probably marshawn lynch yeah people talked a lot of shit about bro but he's actually very very smart that's what i'm saying he's a very intelligent person and not only that but he's a very driven and successful person he accomplished like he scored a touchdown as a professional football player in the, in the NFL like how many human beings alive have done that like even if he even if he'd only scored one fucking touchdown <laughs> like how many human beings alive have done what he did so yeah he got to the end zone and he celebrated and he expressed his triumph in a way that made some people uncomfortable white people exactly and it's like these I, I don't know I think we're 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 so skewed towards consciousness which we should be that 
other things are taking like a serious hit. In yeah, sense. it's like he. It's like we expect him to be conscious of of the viewers emotions like oh like that was a scary face you made at the tv like you know you might upset some people or oh that was uh, an unsportsmanly display you might have made the other team feel bad because you scored on them like fuck them exactly <laughs> like that's what this is that you know um gotta roll another one <laughs> but th- this this whole line of thought this whole this whole thinking about uh masculine culture and about uh uh being a, a, a man in America today, the whole reason I'm thinking about it is, you know, just because as a man myself, I'm working on, you know, being the best version of myself that I can be, being a better person. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really difficult to find people who are willing to be very self-critical in the pursuit of that goal of, of being a genuinely good person it's easy to to say like i want to be a rich and successful person it's yep. easy to say that i want to be a really conscious person because like, you know i could say oh i don't want to make money i just want to like know god and and understand the secrets of the universe and whatnot and be a bum <laughs> and not take care of anybody and use that as an excuse to to you know be a sociopath and disregard people and not and not you know follow through on my responsibilities so you know you can be real focused on your job and real focused on on taking care of taking care of your shit and be an asshole yep you can be real focused on being intelligent and growing your mind and growing your consciousness and and having uh, a good political orientation and a good spiritual orientation and be an asshole yep and at the end of the day it's about finding that balance and about what does the world genuinely need me as a man to be and that's where where i'm coming from and why I'm why I'm focused on this whole twelve jewels mentality? Uh, what's keeping me grounded out here in California? Because it's so fucking hard, man, to stay grounded. That's the one thing about this place. It can be too nice. It can be like land of the lotus eaters. Like you're out here in the woods. You've got bad phone service and good weed. Like <laughs> there's a there's a whole that's, lot of reasons that's to not do so shit. So true, bro. I haven't really had service since I've been out here. Like uh-huh. while I've been out here, I probably sent off like a max amount of like maybe ten messages. But that's only when we get closer into town. Like up here in the sticks. Mm-hmm. But this is some hills have eyes type shit. I'm not even gonna lie to you. That's what I'm saying. I'm waiting for a bear to come out and just start like eating like berries off a fucking tree and just stare at me or like a that's, deer to come out that's happened that'll happen once you're you be here long enough i've seen uh two bears uh you'll see more deer than you've ever seen in your life they're fucking everywhere um, these niggas pay rent out of here huh they should no man it's it's crazy um and <laughs> it is it is scary it's like i mean i don't want to say that people are getting murdered all the time but there, there are a, a good amount of murders that happen here, and I could see it. If some, if I found out that it was happening all the time, like way more than than is reported, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh my god! You could literally, like, honestly, you could kill somebody, and if you're smart and you move quick, just drag them out in the woods, dig a deep enough hole. Nobody's gonna find them, dude. Like it's mountains. What's it's the population woods, out here? Oh, bro, like. Literally, the town of Redway has fewer people than my high school. The town of Redway has like two thousand people, maybe. I think it, I think it actually might be fifteen hundred. Damn. Yeah, Redway's I think fifteen hundred. Garberville might be two thousand. I think altogether, these two towns are just a few hundred people more than were in my high school when I graduated. That sounds like Belmont. I'm weak. It's crazy. It's crazy. And like Eureka and uh, Arcata. Are some real nice, real nice towns, real nice small cities. I like them a lot. They definitely have uh, nice Dayton vibes. If you do manage to uh, swing back up here before you go back to Ohio, you should check them out. Um, I gotta find the gas. I know, right? That's the thing. That's the thing, bro. Thank God I got a Honda because I was. Hey, uh, one thing you might check. uh, I know you're kind of time sensitive, but I was mentioning the buses, the Humboldt Transit system. Uh, Six bucks will get you to um, Eureka. Mm. Six, and then another six bucks will get you back. That's not shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's Um, not shit for real. It just it just takes longer because it you know it's a slow bus. And it runs on a on a kind of janky schedule. But that's to be expected. It's in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, bro. But for the but no, but for the most part, it's pretty reliable. And if you don't have transportation, uh, and and you have a steady job and a good like you can keep a good schedule, you can make it work. Like you could, uh, I could get to Eureka and Arcata and back and and 
all that and see who I need to see and do what I need to do just off of busing into the city. And then once I'm there using Lyft, they do have a, at least, like, I think they have like six or seven Lyft drivers who just do it full time. And that's dope. Yeah. And it's, that's, it's nice. It's nice. That, this is one of those cities you could probably like really be a personal, like consistent Uber or Lyft dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, absolutely. Run, random strangers are going to need rides. People who are visiting friends and family in college are going to need rides. Mm-hmm. Like twenty four seven because there's a lack of people. Somebody with a with a good working secondary car, I feel like is rare. Mm-hmm. Now like, that that only works up in Eureka and Arcata, but yeah, out here I wouldn't expect it. Like this is the sticks, mm-hmm. boy. This is the sticks for real. Like the logs out here about as thick as my blunts. You know what's crazy? Something something to think about when you're driving around up here and you're seeing all the redwood trees. We have logged ninety seven percent of the original redwood forest. There is only three percent of the original redwood trees still left standing that were here in uh, Northern California, or the Northwest United States. And Damn. You'll be yeah. You'll be driving around. You'll see so many. You'll be so fucking many. You'll be. It's crazy. You drive the Avenue of the Giants, and you could be if you're not driving the Avenue of the Giants in like the middle of the afternoon when the sun is at its peak, it feels like sunrise or sunset because the trees block the sun. And it's just this got this per, like uh, it always has this perfect like glow about it, where the the sun is blocked. It's kind of cloudy and and the it comes through in like streaks. It's it's beautiful. It's it's I really can't overstate it. It's uh, a rainforest, a mini rainforest. Not even not even. I mean, it's only mini because we we logged so much. so much. We logged so much of it. But no, it's it's really something else. It's otherworldly. This this area itself, I'm not gonna lie, is probably one of the most serene spots I've been in in so long. Like even when we went to the park and I locked my keys in the car, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, this is fucking beautiful." Mm-hmm. And then boom, like my keys in the car, being all like stunned by nature and shit. Yeah, this is an area that definitely has to stay in the back of the head of somewhere I gotta be. Mm-hmm. But California is the mission, and when I get back out here, definitely moving in with you. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, like number one person on the list. Thank you for joining us today. Yep. I'm to finish rolling this up, you know. Peace, love, chicken grease. <laughs> Anything you want to say before you log out, my man? Um, no, I think we pretty well covered it. Ah, yeah, sounds like a plan. For real, for real. All right, y'all have a good day. <laughs>